We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, the Sunday night slash Monday morning version. Uh, it is April 18th. I am Scott Jensen. Joined as always on Sunday nights by Jeff Erickson. If you could please rate or review the podcast, uh, we would appreciate that. I know I say it every week, but I do mean it does help uh, people find the podcast, help us out a lot. So if you could do that, if you enjoy listening to us all year, it could leave a bunch of stars, some nice comments that would be greatly appreciated. Jeff, we had a fun, fun weekend of baseball. Uh, how are you? And uh, I hope we got to see some of the Dodgers Padres series because that was that was fun, high level stuff. Oh, it was phenomenal. Uh, you know, it's the intensity is there. You felt it, especially Friday night. Yeah, Friday it just night was, was great. so refreshing. Yeah, and, and hearing Dono Ursillo make the call was yeah. just phenomenal. And of course, I can and since we're in LA, I can only hear that bro- version of the broadcast while watching the Grid Channel. Uh, otherwise, you... I'm stuck with the LA version. Oh um, yeah, I was gonna say you must say, you do have the Dodgers now, but yeah, you can't watch the other. That makes sense, yeah, right? You can't yeah. do full screen on that, but that's right. okay. I mean, yeah. if I wanted to, I mean, the Dodger broadcast team is pretty good too. I, I actually, like Joe Davis. I, and I like Hershiser. I'm a big fan of the broadcast too. Yeah, uh, but Arcillo is just the man. Uh, I think he's, he's the top five play-by-play guy, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so, but yeah, on, on Tatis's homer, I mean. The roof just came off there. It was so fun. There were, uh, uh, I, I think they snuck a few more people than supposed to be. This that that place looked pretty packed. It was. Uh, it, it looked a little bit yeah. more than a third capacity <laughs> yeah. or quarter capacity or whatever it was. Yeah. I agree. It was, uh, uh, but it was fun. It was loud, and it's funny. Like that, the, that Friday night felt like it was all Padres fans. By today, it felt like it was kind of half and half. So I, I imagine some LA people went down there for the weekend for games, but. Uh, it was yeah. fun. Those teams don't like each other. The fan bases don't like each other. They played in the playoffs last year, which kind of upped the rivalry. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's it's awesome. They're gonna play 19 times this year, and they play actually play next weekend in LA. So it's gonna be four game uh, series. Yeah, yeah. It's right, great. right back on the horse next week. 
Yeah. I think what happened, too, is Friday night, these Padres fans, they've been dying yeah. for this moment. Hey, we're for real. We're ready yep. to burst. And they, they get that homer by Tatis. Our guy is back. Yep. You thought you had all this gloom and doom, but he's back. I mean, what a game, too. It I mean, was. so many wild things. Yeah. So many wild things in the whole series. It, it was phenomenal. Uh, and the Padres, they, they prevented the sweep today. Uh, despite you know Snell not going deep once again, yep, uh, and yeah. and blaming Trevor Bauer for it, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, uh, you know there, there's no love lost there. Which hey, that's great. Game needs more personalities like that. Agreed. Uh, it, it, it's fantastic. I was really looking forward to that. It it wasn't quite draft cheat versus uh, El Jefe, <laughs> but it, it, it it's quite almost on that level. I am I am not touching that one. That one's all you. Um, no, no, I'm just referring to it. I, and, I'm not taking any sides. And the uh, the Mookie catch on Saturday night too. I mean, to end the game oh. like that's an all world play. You'll be seeing that play for a long time. There's probably what three guys in baseball that make that play. Him, Byron Buxton, and maybe someone else out there. But I mean, it's that's an elite level play. That like perfect jump, perfect dive. Still barely got there and barely held his glove. It was just it was an awesome way to end that game. As someone who had no rooting interest really in the game, it was a it was a phenomenal way to end the game. Yeah, and it was do or die, too. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. So much at stake for it there. Yeah. The camera work to be able to capture that, yep. it, was, it was incredible. Yeah, you know, I, it's funny. I, I watch a little soccer, too, and uh, after the baseball games were done the day, I watched the replay of the Galaxy game, and there was a big play that was an offside. It could have been an offside call. And they showed, like, five replays, and not one of them was even close to showing the proper angle, which was an easy one to do from midfield. But anyways, just difference difference in technology in the, in, in the respective leagues. But anyways... Uh, that that's a reference that one person listening hopefully cares about. So therefore I can, you know, relate to that. But just, uh, just so we're clear, I'm not that one person. So we're good. I, I'm aware of that. Uh, <laughs> but that's OK. That's OK. I live in L.A. Thought maybe it's a possibility. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure you got some. There's a lot. There's a lot of Galaxy and, uh, and LAFC fans here. So I'm sure there's some there. But uh, before we get into Fab and Fab was an interest, interesting one this week is we didn't have like the high dollar guys, but a lot of action. And I felt like a lot of people were, re- were like looking for guys to replace injured players or mm-hmm. getting injuries to. I want to ask you a couple draft questions, though. We're three weeks into the season. Okay. I had a couple questions kind of jump into my head a little bit. Um, what player did you want in drafts you didn't get that you end up re- you're really regretting not getting? Like we're three weeks into the season. You know, what guys are you watching? Like, oh, you know, he was a target for me, but I didn't really get him in my big drafts. Or anybody out there that you're really regretting get- not getting this doing really well? Yeah, I'm glad you came up with these questions and that, that you also didn't do victory lap questions either. No, no victory uh, lap these questions. These were good, thoughtful yeah. questions. Nick Castellanos, uh, uh, yeah. I wanted him. And he, I'm a Reds fan, of course. Yep. And, you know, I had a pretty good feeling he was going to have a pretty good year. Did not get him at all. Uh, didn't get him once. And that's just ridiculous. Uh, so He's become uh, a really, uh, like, fun, fiery guy, too. Like, he's a fun guy yeah. to root for. Like, I, I really enjoy watching him hit. Yeah, I mean, and there, there's a reason why I don't, I didn't get him. My numbers are going to bang him on a batting average a little bit. Yeah, he does swing at everything, and he will go through some slumps, yeah. as he did on the Reds road trip, as the entire team did. They're 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 team fun in uh, Great American Ballpark. It's team undetermined still on the road, but maybe <laughs> if they go to uh, other Central Division teams, maybe it'll be a little bit more fun. Going out west is their typical. Oh, let's lose to these mediocre teams and lose four out of six. Okay, yeah. no problem. Uh, Manny Machado gets honorable mention here too, because especially because I had a pretty optimistic projection for him, and yet didn't get him anywhere. Yeah, he's. Uh, I was a little worried on. I think it was 
Friday night when he like looked like maybe he's an oblique or a back. And I was like, why is he still in there? And he's swinging hard. And he played the rest of the weekend, so obviously he's fine. Um, it's funny. My my first one is on offense. I only one guy that came up with offense. But Eddie Rosario was someone I really wanted, didn't end up getting. Yeah. Um, although I admit I did not think the four stolen bases in the first three weeks of the season were what I was going to regret from right? him. But, uh, but I think he's second in the AL to Laureano in stolen bases, which is wild to think about. He's obviously taking his opportunities there. But then a bunch of pitchers. Like later guys, you say Kikuchi, you and I talked about about 15 times. And I loved him mm-hmm. and weirdly didn't get him. I mean, I know you can target guys, especially late in the draft. Like you just grab them. But like it seemed like in every draft, either someone grabbed him a little early or I was, you know, looking for a third closer, or looking for a middle. I was just, it didn't fit. And every time I like waited around, I didn't get him. So every time he pitches, I regret that one. And then, then the Marlins pitchers are kind of my big one here. Like I liked all those guys and I ended up with Sixto Sanchez that obviously has not worked well because he had the shoulder injury. But, you know, Al- Sandy Alcantara, uh, Pablo Lopez, Trevor Rogers, all those guys are pitching really well. L- Lopez pitched really well today. Um, I just feel like I missed it. I liked all those guys. I had them in a tier and I wanted to get one of them and I just ended up taking the wrong one, who I did like. I love Sixto. Everybody knows that. But, yeah. um, you know, it's an injury, so it's not something I really could have planned. It's a shoulder injury that's really bad. They're going to take it really slow. Um, speaking of six, though, did you did you get? You, I think you dropped him in a couple legs. Did you did you hold on to him, or are you, are you a drop on him? Uh, in one twelve team mixed, I dropped him. Okay. In the main, I held him. I had a debate with Tim Schuler on this one here, though, because he originally listed him as a drop, and I get it. I mean, he it may not be. It, it's just a question of does he come back in May, early June, or does he come back in August? Yeah. You know, we'll see. And some of that depends on how the Marlins play. Yeah. And right now they're. They're not playing great. They did rally uh, a couple of games here, but I mean, today they got shut out by Alex Wood. Yeah, uh, and, and, and the bullpen minus Jake McGee. Yep. They should have won- lost yesterday, but McGee was dealing with the symptoms of the uh, yeah. vaccine uh, and second vaccine, and then goes on the aisle the next day. Thanks, thanks for that. But you know, tried to get it through and couldn't. Yeah. Uh, but they should have lost that game too. They could have had a really bad weekend. Yeah, it's uh, it's the Giants. The Giants are actually playing pretty well. I'm, on six, though, I'm of the point where I'm holding until there's any piece of negative news. So if like there's progression, 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 I'm holding until then. But like right. any sort of setback or back shutdown for a week or something like that, then I think I'm dropping because I mean he is a he's a young stud. They're gonna be very very careful with him. And even when he comes back, we're looking at you know some four or five inning outings. I don't see him throwing seven anytime. So we probably weren't gonna get much of that anyway this year, but. Um, yeah, so I'm at the point where any 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 sort of small negative news, I think I'm gonna drop, but I'm I'm gonna hold for now until I until I hear something that uh, you know pushes me the other way. How many innings does he throw this year? Wow, that's a really good question. I'm gonna go seventy. That's not what the number I wanted to hear. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. I just I, I just think mistake. I think the first few starts are gonna be short, and then maybe. We get uh, like two months of regular, and this is obviously depending. He's got to come all the way back. I don't think I like. I think that like June first. If you told me June first right now, I'd sign up for that in a second. I think we're looking at like mid June probably is is my hope really that we get three him months. They shut him down in September. Is that good enough? Yeah, in the main event, I think it is. Uh, which is yeah, why, I'm, which so, is too. which is why I'm holding for now. But like I said, if it gets to two months or two and a half months, then I'm going to have to cut bait at that point because you just can't. The last thing you want to do is hold him, and his first starts August 15th. You just, I mean, that's a wasted spot. You just can't do it. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm yeah. if, if it's June 15th, I'm holding. If we get to that point, uh, or if I get any negative news before that, I'm, I'm going to drop. But it's a tough call. I mean, you, you spend an early pick on him. He's obviously the upside is huge. He's very talented. Mm-hmm. And the last thing you want to do is cut him, and then someone gets three months of great starts from him in a, in a 15 teamer. That'd be tough too. So it's a, uh, it's a tough call. I think it's. One that uh, I probably wouldn't begrudge anybody they dropped him right now, but I'm going to hold for the moment. 
Yeah, especially when it's difficult to find guys that you really, really like. Uh, you know, yeah. you can find streamers. Yeah. You can find matchups. But, you know, anything more than, you know, one one or two times around, you know, yeah. you're, you're looking to you're trying to just cycle. But sure. And you're going to make mistakes. We all make mistakes. So That's uh, for sure, yes. You know, both on the uh, pickup and on the drop, on both sides of that coin. So that, that leads me to my second question here. What player did you want in drafts you didn't get? And looking back, you're like, huh, I feel pretty good about missing on that player. Even though I wanted him, uh, now that we're three weeks in the season, I'm kind of glad I never got there. Yeah, okay. I got a cheat answer and a real answer here. Your cheat so. answer to me, James Paxton is your cheat answer? No, I didn't get any Paxton. Uh, that, was, that, was, that was my cheat answer because I didn't get any him, and obviously I'm happy about it now, but I can't really, you know. But it's, it's on the it's same vein. I wanted yeah. a lot. I, I had a very optimistic projection for Trevor Rosenthal. Um, uh, yeah. I, we talked about him. I, I, I had him as a top five closer. Yeah. Did not get him. Not once. Uh, I either. If I with closers, I either went really early with Liam Hendricks, which uh, not looking great so far, but uh, he's it's be, plenty he's of time. Be, yeah, he's not hurt. I or I waited for like Ken Lee, or you know, I, I I really waited on closers. I didn't get a whole lot of early closers. Uh, that that's somewhat by design, somewhat by happenstance. I got a lot of one offs, but I didn't get any Rosenthal. Didn't get any Hater. I, I was not going to be the first guy to draft a closer for the most part, unless it was like ridiculous value, like I got Hendricks in a couple of places. Yeah. Didn't get any Aroldis Chapman, didn't get any Edwin Diaz, didn't get any James Karinchak. Okay, that worked out pretty well, but that was actually a purposeful avoid. Right. Me too. Um, but like Diaz, Chapman, Rosenthal, we're all in that. Yeah, I liked him, especially Rosenthal. Thought I wanted him, wanted him to get a little later. Didn't happen. And then my real answer is Luis Castillo. Uh, I'm. And maybe I'm wrong. I thought after the second start, I was like, okay, he's back. You know, but it was also Pirates. Yeah. And he wasn't all the way back. Now, it hasn't been, It's you know, this answer can change. Starting pitchers can have a bad month and then dominate for five months. For sure, for sure. Especially power pitchers, especially when they get their velocity a few starts into the season. So this is kind of also a cheat answer in a way. Uh, but uh, I, those, those are the two guys I'm thinking of right now. I do like that the the command's been really good, but I'm concerned about the strikeouts. I have Castillo in the main event. Uh, he was my second round pick in my second main event. Um, has not I'm, that team's doing pretty well, but the first two picks have been horrible. It's uh, Yelich and Castillo. So it's not, I, I oh. tend to, I tend to not pick the first two rounds well for some reason. I don't know. I get some. I don't know. It's bad luck or bad picking, but. Um, you know, he's got he's still, he's still getting a lot of ground balls. The strikeouts aren't there, but I mean, his strand rate's 48%. That's obviously going to go way, way up. So a little bit of bad luck there. I'm I'm holding out hope that Giants game was weird. Like the first the first inning, you get the two, two on homers, and then he kind of settled in. Um, yeah. But yeah, I need to, uh, this is a big week this week. He's got two starts this week. This is a big week for Castillo kind of getting back on, getting back on the train. Yeah, it really is. And yeah, as a Reds fan, of course, I'm like, and I love watching him when he's on. He's That, that change oh, yeah. is just Amazing. It Castillo is. Gallon, man. That's that's great. And then Castillo Flaherty over the weekend. Yeah, rematch of opening day. So uh that'll be fun. Uh ho- hopefully it'll be fun. Uh, and then he misses out on the Dodgers next week. So oh, like that, that. kind of works out for you. Uh so so my answer to this one is someone that I if you'd asked me before I did my four NPC just I'm like, I'll probably have him on two or three teams. I ended up with zero is Aaron Hicks. And granted, the Yankees hmm. are a mess, but Hicks has looked yeah, awful. Hicks has looked awful. Hicks is hitting 160 and has a 25% strikeout rate right now, which is, I mean, he's not a strikeout guy. He was a little bit in 2019, but usually he's under 20%. Um, 
just kind of looks lost at the plate, too. He's not walking anywhere near as much as he normally does. And granted, we're looking at two and a half weeks. So I fully understand that you throw mm-hmm. three walks in there and suddenly it looks good. But he has a guy that always has been ten, about 10% walk rate the last four years. He's, about, he's at under 8% right now. Striking That's out more, mess. striking out more, walking less. His OBP is 255. And the key that I liked with Hicks is he's hitting third in this massive lineup, right? And I mean, he's got three runs scored through the first 12 games, which is almost impossible in that lineup. But nobody else is hitting that lineup. Uh, you know, Stanton's hitting under 200. Um, Judge has a massive slump right yeah, now. At yeah, some, it's ugly. It, it can't be too long before they're like, well, Hicks is fine and he's going to play center field, but he's going to hit seventh, right? I mean, it's, it's, it, we're not that many games away from him getting moved down the lineup, I assume. Yeah, I think you're right. But the problem is, who do you move up? I mean, Clint Frazier is getting benched here and there. He's hitting 182 for the great Brett Gardner, who has, like, one RBI, whatever. Yeah. I mean, but, hey, at least it's a balanced lineup when they stink. Um, you know, everybody's slumping right now. Yeah. So, I, Glaber Torres is slumping. He doesn't have a homer yet. I I kind of – this is a giant – this is a giant write-off, except Hicks is a little bit more of a borderline sort of player. Yeah, I, I think that – I mean, I, it's 5-10. and 10. Like, if it happened in the middle of the season, we'd be like, oh, the Yankees are having a bad couple of weeks. But I mean, it's just so magnified because it's the Yankees. It's New York. They're getting booed every game at home. Every at-bat Stanton takes, he gets booed. I mean, it's crazy. Um, it's stupid, by the way. It's very it's really stupid. stupid. Very stupid. I, I, I mean, it's it's April. If he's hitting a buck seventy in September, like, you want to boo him, like, I'm not going to burn you. It's like he's two weeks in the season. Like, come on. Two weeks in the season, you finally get to go to games. and Yeah, like, right. <laughs> Although, I, mean, I don't know, I guess, New York fans, that's probably part of their fun of going to games, too, I guess. I guess, but yeah. uh, I, I think it's terrible. I think, and I don't know. I mean, it, it's not like your team, your management hasn't invested in the team to try to win. It's not like it's one of those situations where, you, like the Cubs, where you have a reason to be kind of grumpy about it. There's a reasonable yeah. expectations of the Yankees to win. I get it. They just got swept by a team that's become a rival for them in the race. Yeah, it has. They don't – and they – they're very patrician about it there. They're always like, you know, per, excuse me, not per, yeah, kind of patrician, kind of parochial about it. They're like, ooh, the Rays. Ooh, I hate the Rays. Yeah. You know, ask Chris Lewis about the Rays sometime. Ask a lot of Yankee <laughs> fans about the Rays. Um, they, they, they hate the Rays. Can't stand the have Rays. You, have you ever had a Reds player that you strongly dislike that much? A Reds pl- I have, but not that much, not that early. Yeah. Yeah, I hated it when the Reds signed Dante Bichette. You know, All I was right. like, I, was, I didn't. I didn't, uh, that, I didn't expect to hear that one. Yeah, well, I mean, it was clearly like one of those. Oh, they're 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 not very smart. But you know, it's not like I hated him. Yeah. I hated the idea of like him being overrated and the Reds going after him. There, were, there were very few players I outright hated. Um, mine was uh, mine was Ruben Sierra, the one A's player that I could not stand. Uh, my, I, I was that's con- not the answer I thought I was. Uh, You're going to say, by yeah. The way. Well, Matt Holiday wasn't there long enough, but that's obviously the, that's the also re- not the answer I thought I was going to say. The only person that's ever blocked you on Twitter is oh. I thought you were. <laughs> yeah, Brett Anderson's not the high on my list either. But um, Ruben Sierra, like they traded Canseco for him, which is like ended that that dynasty, that mini dynasty. And he came to Oakland. He was just such a dog. He was terrible. He hit two thirty his first year there, and like he's this guy that came over and he was like a a twenty five fifteen guy with a high average. He was just so mm-hmm. bad. Um, he had this statue in his house of him in the thinker pose, but it was his face. You know that like Rodan thinker pose and had him. Oh and, gosh! So he's just like yeah, he's just that, one of those guys that I just I couldn't stand. Oh man, we heckled him in right field pretty good when I was in high school. I have to admit it. Yeah, it was it was a little rough on Ruben. Yeah, I mean I I. I as a kid, I hated Alex Trevino because the Reds traded George Foster for him. There you go. Um, and Foster was my favorite player, but it, it wasn't like I he did anything. Other than being not that good of a ball player for the Reds, there was no other reason yeah. to hate him. <laughs> uh, 
I'm trying to think of who Reds players. Oh, Matt Latos. I kind of hated him. Uh, yeah, um, he was kind of hateable. Yeah, I mean, he gave up the homer to Posey, and that sealed it. But that uh, was a, that was a bomb, by the way. Yes, it was. It's still flying. <laughs> um, last question before we get into some week four and some fab talking. Uh, what player did you draft? You didn't necessarily target. And you ended up with him. You kind of like, oh, it fell to that point. Anybody like that you have that you regret? Because I have one that uh, a guy that I never I, drafted. I already know the answer to this Yeah, one, a guy so I never right. drafted, a guy that I don't think is that good, and I ended up with him and has not worked well. But do you have anybody like that you took that, uh, you know, you just kind of fell in your lap, you weren't targeting him, and, it's, and you regret it? Kind of. I struggled with this question, actually. I, I don't have too many. I mean, as I was looking at my my, my rosters article I did, yeah. and I, you know, that was – it doesn't list every play. I mean, I every player on every team. I think. Oh, well, I think there was a spreadsheet of that. But I was looking for guys where I had multiple leagues. Is kind of is a shortcut for that. And I looked. I saw Kyle Davies on a lot of my teams. All right. And it wasn't. I, I thought, hey, it's a really good one dollar pitcher. But at the same time, it's not like I was like really outwardly targeting him. Uh, but yeah, he's kind of. He's kind of what everybody else was kind of right, and I was kind of wrong about that one. So I, maybe that's why I dislike it so much. Uh, he's just one of many Cubs that are just. Yeah, especially in the pitching side of things. I, I can I can I answer for you sure. on yours. This has got to be the Alex Colomay question. It's right? Alex. It's Alex Colomay, one hundred percent. It's someone that I thought was so lucky last year, and I didn't like any of his stats or his metrics. And mm-hmm. I just got a spot where I needed a second closer. He was like the last guy at all, in the in the, even remotely in that tier, and it dropped down way off to guys who like weren't even close to having the job, or you know, like Devin Williams kind of guys that were good but didn't have the job. And so I right. took him and. You know, you look at his stats, and they're actually not that bad. He's got seven strikeouts and no walks and six and a thirds, but he, he got smoked in one game. He's kind of sharing the job now with Taylor Rogers. ERA is over five and a half, and it's one of those things that he's probably been a little unlucky, but like one more outing like that, and all of a sudden he's going to be like further out of that job. Hansel Robles might sneak into the right-handed part of that job, and right. I'm just worried that you know I took someone that I didn't think was very good. I didn't like. I avoided him crazy last year, and he was really, really good. He had an ERA under one. I get that, but I just. I didn't like what I saw, and then I, I ended up taking him, and it's just, I don't know. I, it's not working well so far, and I have a bad feeling about it. Yeah, it's, it was an agnostic pick, and sometimes yeah. those work out. You take what you can get out of that there. They I do. was just going to – you answered the follow-up question before I had a chance to ask it, and that was who do you do like because Taylor Rogers hasn't been good either. Yeah. You know, he, well, I, I should say, yeah, actually, he – he has a zero ERA, but he gave up like three unearned runs the other day. And so it's kind of deceptive. Uh, yeah, I mean, Robles, wow. Robles just walks too many guys. So I'm not, I mean, he, he's kind of the guy that strikes people out, but he just walks mm-hmm. so many guys that I'm not too worried. I just, if Columbia can have two or three good outings in a row, maybe he could start to roll with it. But it was one of those jobs that, like, you were kind of worried a little bit with, uh, you know, with Baldelli and how he's going to manage it anyway. And right. then you get a couple, you get a blow up like he had. Uh, I think it was opening day that he got he got smoked, and so it's like I just we yeah. just started off on the wrong foot. Did get a win this week, so that was good. But I'm hoping it works out. But that's the one that uh, you know I didn't really want, and it hasn't worked out great so far. Yeah, I think that's fair. I guess I was a little bit wrong on Rogers. I thought he had been shakier than I thought. I guess. Well, anyways, um, I'll hold on to him where I have him, even though he's not getting save chances necessarily, but. Uh, he might someday. Yeah, I think he probably will. I think we're going to get maybe, uh, you know, from a pure matchup standpoint, maybe they're going to be more of a committee and, you know, but we'll we'll see. So, but let's jump into week four before we get into fab. A reminder, everybody, there's the Patriots Day game tomorrow morning. It's like at eight o'clock, I think, our time, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, so make sure you set it's Boston and Chicago. Am I, I'm right with that, right? That is right. And, you know, it's funny. I hate I hate it because of what it does for us. Yeah. Uh, in fantasy. <laughs> I'd love it as a Red Sox fan. That's, that's a, an incredible tradition. I love that. I like their city uniforms I, I forget the exact phrase uh, the term for it but you know because it's tied to the boston marathon that right. means so much to the city of boston and obviously recent events 
you know, have a greater affinity for the marathon now, but, uh, for sure. Uh, at the same time, man, I they, they for, did, they, they did realize their hats were exact copies of the UCLA Bruins though. Correct. I don't know about that, but like dead exact same as you said. Are they really? Yeah, it was blue, blue and yellow. It was like the same colors. Like, oh, it looks like UCLA hat. But uh, they yeah. do play at 8, 10 a.m. Pacific. So make sure if you are setting your line, if you're on the East Coast, do it in the morning. Make sure you set all your uh, White Sox and Red Sox before that uh, that game starts. Uh, we've got some COVID issues. The Twins uh, Angels games got mm. canceled over the weekend. The A's and Twins are postponed tomorrow. But uh, Ken Rosenthal reported earlier tonight that all the Twins tests were negative today. So they're hoping they have a tentative DH uh, doubleheader scheduled for Tuesday. So we're going we're to get 23 innings instead of 27. But it looks like we might still get that A's Twins series in. But, you know, that's one of those ones that, you know, there's not a ton of games tomorrow. So you might be able to uh, some play some some lineup moves with the, with the Tuesday games. But, uh, you know, those are that, that, that doubleheader is definitely tentative. Yeah, and the thing is, with the doubleheaders, you're it's two innings shorter for each game, and you know, rarely that ever does everybody play both ends of the doubleheader hitter wise. Yeah. Although the way teams manage rosters, I guess it's a, you know you're better yeah. off. But you know, you don't make up some of these missed games, missed missed at bats for sure. Uh, at the very least, you know, Nelson Cruz is already feeling like I'm losing some at bats here and there. That the games they lost in Anaheim, that's two more that they'll, they'll, that's at least one more doubleheader, if not two more doubleheaders. Yep, that, those are you'll never get those back. That's it's true. like having an, an injuries now. I think poor, I, poor us. But. I think I read that they don't come back to Anaheim all seasons. So they might have to play those in Minnesota or something like that. So the Angels might lose a couple games where they have to like find a day where they're both off and right. Minnesota's got to fly to LA. Like it's a, it's a, it's a tough one logistically. Yeah, well, and the thing is, like both uh, Oakland and Minnesota are off on Thursday, but they're both flying east. Uh, yeah, you know, Minnesota's flying back home and. Oakland's flying to Baltimore, so uh, yeah, that's tough. And one of the, you know, if you're looking at two start starters, like one of those A's guys is not going to pitch twice now because they were going to go, they would have yep. Monday, Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday. Now you've got Tuesday, Tuesday. One of those guys can go Sunday. I think it's Manai and Lazardo. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of logistics stuff. Make sure you just check lineups and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Who do you that, think should go to this week? Uh, I'd probably keep Lazardo regular just because, uh, you know, I think Manai could probably deal with the movement hiccups a little better. Even though Manai has been better? Even though Manai's been better, I think he's just as a more veteran guy. I think I'd probably move him around a little bit before I did. Uh, sure, I moved Lazard around. That's just uh, an opinion. You know, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. I don't know enough about it, about Lazardo to know that. But they play the next Monday, so it's not really a big deal either way. Yeah. And so it's basically. Would you rather have Lazardo face Baltimore or Tampa Bay, both on the road? Yeah, I think it works both ways that way. So I'd probably rather have uh, Manaya face Tampa. And uh, right now, they probably want the veteran to do that. I think. It, I think. I think. It's, I think Lazardo will probably go Sunday. Fair enough. Um, teams that play seven. We have uh, the Red Sox, the Angels, the Padres, and the Giants are playing seven this week. So a good schedule mm-hmm. for them. We have four teams that have five games, Jeff. We have Atlanta, Baltimore, Colorado, and Toronto. Colorado is the most interesting one because they have five games, but all in Coors Field. So they, uh, you know, you're yeah. obviously going to play those guys. But the first half of the week, they have two against Houston. And so they only the, the Rockies only have two games in the first half of the week. They're playing, they face McCullers and Urquidy. But then they place uh, face the Phillies or yeah the Phillies for three on the weekend. So obviously you want to get everybody back in. But you know unless you have really good options, you're probably playing your Rockies for two at home anyway. Well, here's a, here's a test case for you: CJ Crone, horrible start to the season, Facing occasionally losing two, time at two tough righties too. Yeah, um, man, that, it's kind of a decision, a uh, tough decision to make, and especially if you don't have the the Friday swap. If you're like in yeah. a traditional uh, fantasy league with a, you set it for the full week, like labor or tout wars, you just have to make five versus. Well, in my case, it's not going to matter as much because I think it's Crone versus Yuli Gurriel, so it's like 
Eh, okay. Yuli's um, all right, though. I, that worked out pretty well. Uh, they both have five. Although, oh, maybe yeah. Crone only has four. You know, that's that's That's, that's the definitely possible. Part. And not only that, it's 37 degrees and snowing in Denver on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, although, no, I'm, I'm wrong about Houston, by the way. Yeah, they, they, have, have, six. they have six. Yeah, I, I'm wrong about that. By the way, on the sevens, San Diego has seven. But if you have a San Diego hitter, look at who they're facing this week. <laughs> Woodruff, Burns, Hauser. Okay, I'll take that. Bueller, Kershaw, Bauer, May. I mean, that's yeah. gross. What a gross week. That's like six of the best, like 15 right-handed pitchers in baseball right there. I guess Kershaw, yeah. Kershaw's lefty, but five of the best righties and then Kershaw on top of it. That's uh yeah, that's uh, that's rough right there. Yeah, compare that to uh, versus Anaheim's, uh, the Angels' uh, seven. Arihara, Lyles, Fultonevich, Granke, okay, that's tough. Odorizzi, Javier, and McCullers. Who knows what they're going to get on McCullers. But if you have Otani, this is a hitter week. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Seven right-handed starters. That is nice. And it's his first start back in like three weeks, and you don't know how deep he's going to go into the game. I think it's a super easy decision to use him as a hitter this week. I think it's a slam dunk. If you're an NFBC, you got to pick with the other. I think, yeah, slam dunk hitter week for him for sure. Yep. Um, Yeah, so that's uh, it's an interesting week. Uh, That San Diego one, that's fun. There there, will be a lot of good Padre games this week with those matchups. Yeah. Uh, Hey, the West Coast teams are fun to watch right now. This is this is where I, this is appointment television. So you want to make sure like you get your family dinner done before seven o'clock. Yeah, that uh, that Friday night where you had that, and then you had Williams Ostadio pitching. You had all kinds of crazy stuff on the West Coast games. It was it was a fun Friday night. It was. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. 
See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. So let's jump into uh, let's jump into Fab. Uh, it was a, it was an interesting Fab week. I had trouble um, I had trouble with drops this week. I, I felt like I had some injuries and I needed stuff, and I found myself dropping guys I like and picking up guys I don't really like because I just needed to fill spots and not take zeros. I was picking up outfielders in the main event, and the outfield pool is horrible in Fab. Like I can find infielders. I cannot yeah. find an outfielder that I want to pick up. So I was dropping – I'm dropping pitchers I like for outfielders I don't like, which just never feels good. But let, let's start with closers. Um, there were a couple uh, couple of bigger names. The biggest name was Kendall Graveman, who uh, appears to be closing in Seattle. He's available about 20% in the main events and about – in most of the most of the 12 teams, he was uh, he was pretty much available in most of those leagues there. Um, mm-hmm. It's hard for me to watch because he was so uh, so not very good with the A's, and now I turn on he's, – he's touching 98, 99 in some pitches. I'm like, where the heck did this come from? Obviously – Relieving has uh, has agreed with him pretty well. Um, he's throwing a slider too. He's throwing 90- 19% sliders, which is higher than he's ever thrown that pitch before. Um, six innings pitched so far, no earned runs, one hit, two walks, four strikeouts. A lot of ground balls. Always been a high ground ball. Has a lot, has a lot of movement on that pitch. Uh, were you? I don't know if he's available in your main or not, but uh, how aggressive were you with Graveman either there or in your, in your twelve teamers? Not available in my mains. Uh, one of my. I don't think he's available in TGFBI either. Uh, in fact, I'm almost positive he wasn't. No, I completely, utterly lied. He was available in TGFBI, and Justin Mason got him. Uh, I Actually, I'm okay with closers in that league. It's weird to say that, but it's true. Uh, uh, so. I, I think I still have zero there, but yeah. Um, did he go I for like over? seven or eight saves, um, partially because I have Melanson. Uh, uh, and I had, nice. But I, I should have two more because I benched in that first half week. Uh, did Graveman go for over 300 bucks there? Uh, Justin got him for like two seventeen. Right, uh, nice. Second place bid a one oh two. I didn't even, you know, but uh, I was trying to cut relievers this week, so that's that's where I was at because I have like like I, I have Hicks still. I was the league I was asking you questions about yep. like do I drop Hicks? Do I drop Pomerantz? We're talking about tough drops. I'm like they are. I kind of like those guys, and as a Melanson guy, I don't really want to drop Pomerantz. Yeah, and so, there's only so many relievers you could hold because you're not going to use just taking up bench spots. But you know, Melanson gets hurt, or uh, you know, you know Hicks gets they're like, oh, it's time for Hicks. Like, it doesn't take very much for those guys to suddenly be super valuable, but they could also be you could also be unusable for the next six weeks. It's just it's so tough. Yep, yep, uh, absolutely right. So, uh, but yeah, so point is, I didn't get him. I also. I was making a point of not going crazy for closers this week, and Graveman was only available in one fifteen. I think one of my twelves also, but in both cases, I didn't feel like I really needed the closers that badly. Uh, but like Dolis was available in my mains. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Um, thank you. Um, and ah. I, I was like, don't do it, Jeff. Don't do it, Jeff. Stay calm. <laughs> you know, these guys are coming back. Uh, you know, I, I was, let's not set the record for one team's worth of fab. Uh, you know. 
in in April for uh, sure. No. But uh, so no, I did get them. Yeah, that's that's three straight weeks of Jay's closers going really, really high. If Romano was available in your league, he, he went for crazy yeah. that first week, and you know some of the leagues that drafted early. Uh, I did get Graveman in one 12 teamer where I have Liam Hendricks and then just a mess of guys who aren't ending up with a job. I had Rosenthal in that league, I think. I think I had, I had Hendricks and Rosenthal at the beginning. Uh, that was the one I drafted early. So I did get Graveman. I got him for 187, a little bit of an overpay, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm pretty desperate there to get us to get a second closer. And I, I like what I've seen so far. I mean, I don't there's I don't think there's any way that he's like locked into that job. I mean, if he won the hiccup, they could go back to Rafael Montero. They could they could do a lot of different things there. Right. But uh, you know, I think right now. He's a guy that could, if he gets the next two or three, could I actually extend that leash and run with the job a little bit? So, um, and he yeah. clearly looks like a different guy. He's throwing really hard. Dolis, I was not really interested, and in. I looked a little closer. And a Jordan Romano supposed to come back at the end of next week. Who knows? I mean, he could have a setback pretty easily, and you know, he who knows right. there. But I just worry about Dolis with the walks. I know he was a really good closer in Japan, Japan for many years, um, but a fourteen percent walk rate last year. Uh, you know, did, last year in twenty four innings, his K rate was really good, but so many walks. So far this year, he has six walks and seven innings. I just I hate close with walks. I've talked about that a bunch. Oh yeah. Um, swing strike rate's good. It's twelve percent. Was twelve point six percent last year. I mean, good, not huge for a reliever. So I think the strikeouts will be there. I think the job will be his for the next week. I just don't know what they'll do when Ronald comes back. I kind of think it'll be uh, maybe more of a committee than than we want to believe. I just uh, the walks tend to push me away from Dolis. I had keep modest bids on him, and that was pretty much about it. Yeah, uh, that, that's the thing. It, it was like thirty bucks is what I was bidding. Up. I was I was in that in that thirty to forty range also, and that wasn't going to yeah. get him. Yeah, and the thing is, yeah, the Jays. Are, I mean, they're off to a kind of an eh start. I mean, they don't have they're missing a lot of guys right now. That's yeah. part of it. But part of it is, I mean, all along we knew the pitching was just kind of be mediocre. And the funny thing is, it's that the pitching's actually been pretty good. They've only allowed like three point five six runs per game. Yeah, and Steven, Steven, Steven Match has been a freaking revelation for them too. I mean, he's been huge. Yeah, you, and I, I even questioned you on that. I said, "Sell me Whatever, on him." Yeah, uh, you know, you you've been right, and I, I I've been shut out on him so far. I think, well, maybe I got him in one league, but uh, Steven Match is someone I'm I'm, I'm wary on because he can throw that nine inning or that nine earned run game at you for any time. So I'm uh, I'm going to hold off on the victory lap on that one for a little bit, just because I've yeah. been I've been whipsawed by uh, by Stephen Matz in the past, where you feel pretty good about, it, and then you look up and it's it's fourteen to two in the third inning, and he, so, all all the runs are his. <laughs> I've been present for one of each end of that polar opposite with him, one with you. Against, what? Remember yeah. Matt against the Braves? Uh, oh, that's right. You were in DC. you were in Washington. He got destroyed, right? Just utterly just yeah. demolished. The game was over <laughs> after the first inning. Uh, and you're like, and they kept it and then he put him back out in the second inning, I think for, or no, I think they may have yanked him in the first thing, but this was, this was, this was a wild game. We had like uh, hitters pitching sort of that sort of bad sort of game. I mean, the, and it, it didn't stop with him and he just kept Were you able to keep the family at the stadium and without much of a blowout for how many innings? Uh, we got to this after the seventh inning. Oh, that's, I think we, that's still pretty good in a, in a 10 to nothing game. Or and it, it started to rain yeah. uh, in the eighth inning. We're like, go. Okay, I can't win on this one yeah. here. You have probably uh, it wasn't to, like it was you probably to convince team. them to go anyway, so that was uh yeah. That's that that's funny. Um the other guy closer wise I want to ask you about, uh, Stefan Crichton got the save yeah. for the Nash or the Diamondbacks this week. Um did you get the save or did he come in? Did he get a he save? got the save. Okay. Five two game, he came in for that's the right. save. That's right. That was today. That was this afternoon. I knew he, I knew he had a save at some point this weekend. Yeah. I mean, that's a bad. I mean, apparently Joaquin Story might be coming back at some point. Uh, there was some Kevin Ginkle talk. It's kind of that never happened. Uh, oh, that's he, gone. Yeah, that's fully gone. Yeah. I, I fully gave up on that. I, I dropped him everywhere. I had him today. But 
Um, I don't know. It seems like maybe they're back to Crichton. Maybe we've gone full circle here. I don't. I don't. I, I think that uh, if he's available, I was bidding. I didn't see him available in any of mine. I think he got picked up. But um, I don't know. It's interesting that he's uh, he, he was back and that kind of uses a regular closer today too. There was five two lead. They went with their bullpen. And then he was the guy in the ninth. Yeah, who has two thumbs and dropped him in the main and saw him get picked up by Vlad? This guy. Oh, All right. fantastic! I, How much was that uh, this week or last week? Got picked up. Uh, he got picked up tonight for how uh, much? For like 140 or so. Oh, but, right. uh, that's a, that's a still a pretty good price. At least I made him pay for it. A yeah, little exactly. Bit, you know. But yeah, it, it, it's bad. It's bad. Uh, you know, we we're talking. You're going to make mistakes. Well, that's my. It's, it could be one of my mistakes. Yeah. Although I don't know if it's necessarily true. Yeah, I think it's I a little trappy. I think we're a long ways from knowing if that's a mistake or not. Yeah, and here's the thing. Even after that save, he's got a 180 whip right now. <laughs> but yeah, you know, Yon Lopez was uh, pitched the seventh tonight. Yep. And I don't know if that was maybe because who was in the lineup. I need to go back and look at the game logs to see who he is facing. He And he pitched well. Struck out two guys, allowed one hit, uh, but got out of it. But he walks a lot of guys, too. He does. Uh, uh, but it's Crichton. Crichton's not that great this year. At least uh, he did have it last year. This was their first save, real save chance, though, since that 13-inning game against the Rockies. And that's not even a real save chance because – of course, field and anything can happen. And you know, those were blown saves in extra innings. So we're really looking at like two real save, two save chances all year. Uh, this is one of them. JB Boskaskis is the guy yep. that I think second half, second half, maybe just got called up. Might be there. The guy that may, may, you know, if they're out of it, they may want to see if he can, he can get the job done. Maybe in the second half, he strikes out a lot of guys converted starter. He started in double a for the Astros organization in 2019. Um, yep. I looked at him a little bit. I think he's a, I don't think he's available yet. Cause he got called up today and just pitched. Uh, but uh, he's a guy that I'm going to keep he my even pitch yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He, he hasn't even pitch. Yet? Okay. Well, there you go. So he's not available yet. Um, he's a guy that I'm going to, I'm going to watch his first few outings and maybe try and jump a little bit early although I don't think I'll be the only one on that one by any means. Yeah, well, especially now that you're you're whispering his name in everybody's ear. He was go. part of the Granky trade, and, you know, they, they, that's they want to see return on investment, too, For of sure. course. Uh, yeah. Especially because other parts of that trade don't seem like they're, they're happening. Seth Beer is still a long way away. Uh, the guy that was the – Corbin Martin was the big name in that trade, that's and right. he got yeah. TPS. Uh, so they'd like to see something from that trade a little bit more. Uh, the Josh Rojas, I think, was the other part of that deal. Yeah. So, Helmer today, at least. He finally, yeah. finally, it finally had a good game. out for me, basically. Yeah. Um, it's kind of sad. So let's jump into some starters. Uh, I thought I thought starters this week, there was nobody like obvious jump out guys, but there were some interesting names. The one that I want to talk to you about, the one that I targeted in a lot of places, is actually Michael Fulmer. Um, yeah. Kind of a schedule play, kind of a the stuff is back play. He's throwing uh, his velocity is uh, way up. It's up to 95. It's up like 2.3 miles an hour from last year. Um Granted, he was he's thrown you know kind of short innings, so maybe he's been able to kind of gas it out a little bit. But you know, he threw five innings on Wednesday, two earned runs, one walk, two strikeouts. But if the schedule kind of plays out like it's supposed to, he gets Pittsburgh on Tuesday and then Kansas City on Sunday. If he you know, if, it depends what they do with uh, Tarek Skubal. If he piggybacks on uh, on Spencer Turnbull on Wednesday, if he does, then that leaves Sunday open for Fulmer. But right. You know, tough. I, I I realize that stuff happens, but tough to get a better on paper matchup than that. Pittsburgh, Kansas City is really nice. Um, swinging strike rate at twelve percent this year. You know, I know it's twelve innings. I fully get that, but uh-huh. I know he feels like a little bit maybe like the guy that he was in twenty eighteen, who wasn't great but was serviceable and would definitely rosterable in a fifteen team. Or like the matchup this week. So he was someone that. Uh, Weirdly, uh, I, I thought I was kind of sneaking him under the radar. I was not. He, I did get him in one league, but he went for 106 in my other main. So obviously, I was not the only one that uh, that saw that schedule play. But uh, he was someone that I was. Uh, I was. Uh, I put bids in on almost every league I was in this week. 
Yeah, uh, I did too, and didn't I got the only place I got them was a twelve. Uh, I, you know, I didn't get him in any of my fifteen teamers. All three of them I got beat on, and he was available in all three too. Yeah, so I mean, it's interesting. I mean, it's it's still Michael Fulmer. You know, there's there's not a ton of like upside there. I mean, the really good year he had was his rookie year. He's three point oh six ERA, but you know, since then three eight four six. Then last year was obviously a total mess, and he was he was coming back yeah. from from surgery. The velocity's and, yeah. there though. Now. Yeah, that's, that's, he's that's a different like pitcher than he was last year. It, it, how many times do we have do we have to go through this? I mean. Every time, apparently, I'm saying this, and this is not as a community. I'm talking about me. This right. is every time I have to go through this and remember. Oh yeah, this guy used to be good. Yeah, for uh, sure. And and I, he was I, I, and he was good when he threw 95, and he was bad right. when he wasn't when he was throwing 93 last year. He was not good. right. Yeah, right. And he's healthy now, and it takes longer for a player to get healthy, a pitcher to get healthy. How many? I mean, time after time, it's like, oh yeah, okay, he he came back, but he's not all the way back. Okay, you have to wait. Like, you, you think you're being patient by waiting one season? Right. No. You have to wait a year and a half, two years, then maybe, you know, it's that. But it, it's still there. Um, now, it may not last. That's the other thing. But who cares? You're not a keeper league. Yeah, uh, exactly. So, yeah, this is, this is and it's a two-star week. He, uh, he was like the best two-starter I thought out there, one of two. The other I thought was Danny Duffy in some leagues uh, that yeah. was available. Yeah, and Fulmer's thrown his slider more. He's thrown it 35%. He's got a 35% whiff rate, and that's the slider looks pretty good. He's thrown the slider hard, harder than he did last year, too. So uh, I want to yeah. I want watch his starts this week, see how it looks, but I, I think that uh, that was my favorite one. The other, the other well, a couple other guys here, but Alex Cobb is interesting. He's made two starts. He has yeah. 11.2 innings. Uh, his K to walk is 17 to 2 in those 11.2. His ERA is not good. He's given up a couple, I think he's given up a couple home runs. Uh, but 34, 35% K rate has never been above, he hasn't been above 20% since 2014. Swing strike rate's 19%. Again, 11 innings, so a bit a bit absurd. But he's throwing about, he's throwing 45% splitters. He's got a 47% whiff rate on those splitters. This is a guy that I, I think you can't, you got to pick him up now if you want to do it because everybody's kind of seen these numbers. I watched his second start and the, the splitter was really diving down. He was getting swings and misses on it. Um, he looked like a different guy to me, but then you, you just think of Alex Cobb and you think of some of those bad years. It's a little hard to get fully on board. Oh, I, I, I get it. Um, Jason Collette wrote a pretty good article on Rotowire uh, about it and Collette Calls talking about his, his pitch, mix, pitch mix and how his, this pitch is back. Yeah, I highly recommend everybody check it out. Rotowire.com slash try in case you don't already have access to the yeah. site. Free 10-day trial. And obviously Jason's a huge Rays guy, so watched him for many years. He's a really good yes. guy. Really good guy to write him up. Yep, exactly. Um, so, yeah. And thing is, the ERA is not great, but it's three runs each time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I'll take that. And he's given up one homer. Uh, so oh, that's also. Right. Yeah. That, that's like, yeah, it's it's. Yeah, the, the it cosmetically doesn't be great. He's just given up a lot of hits. That's there's twelve hits and eleven two thirds. But yeah, I'll take it. The only the problem with Cobb and why it's well, it's not even a problem. It's a problem with the Angels. Is it's a six man rotation. I know it's frustrating because I I went to go look. And I'm like, okay, how can I use him? He's at Houston this week. I'm like, oh great. And it's when the, with the players back, they should be the, the most of the right. Astros should be back on Thursday because they get he got pushed. He was going to face Texas and maybe get mm-hmm. two starts, and they got pushed because they had their games canceled. And then he's at Texas the week after that, so that's a good start. You definitely want to throw that one. But you're right. It's the, the six-man rotation. Like, you're all, you're going to get a few two-start weeks all year, if, if any. Like, you're going to get a few of those at most when they have seven right. games, and he happens to start on Monday. But it, it's going to be very rare, and it's just it, – it's tough. He's just not going to – he's going to not get as many starts as everybody else right. you're using. So it, it's tough he's, there. He's but, made two starts, and yet he's, yeah. like, projected till not to project pitch till Thursday. I'm like, why? And then, yeah, and then I see – got to keep Bundy on time. Yep. That's the one guy you keep on time. Heaney's probably the next guy you keep on time. 
and they and already decided Otani was pitching Tuesday, so that was gone. Yeah, and I guess you have to keep Jose Quintana on. I mean, I would punt That's, Jose Quintana for me. He's but. one more bad start from becoming a five-man rotation. It ha- I mean, yeah. he, at some point, you have to be because at some point you want to get if you're going to compete, you want those Bundy, Heaney, Otani, Cobb starts more than you know every fifth right. day rather than getting Quintana starts out there. Right, and I get it though. At the same time, Cobb is someone you'd probably treat like yeah. very carefully, like a hothouse flower. Yeah, and, uh, and like o- you do Otani. I mean, yeah, Otani is the reason why they have a six-man rotation in the for first sure. place, yeah. and it's smart for them, but it's frustrating for us. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I bid on him. I, I didn't get him. Talk to me about uh, Josh Fleming. I know it's somebody that you were in it, in on in draft season, oh. I believe, and yep. then. I think dropped and picked back up, or maybe held. Uh, where are you on Fleming now? I think Mostly has... dropped and picked back up, held on to him in Tout Wars, uh, okay. AL only. Uh, but I'm booting rallying, booting and rallying with him. <laughs> two uh, two, two starts this week. Two starts. There's a risk of him not going the full, full five, but he did go five in his first start, yeah. albeit against Texas. He doesn't strike out a ton of guys. That's the, that's the mark against him. And yet, he doesn't allow a lot of base runners either. Doesn't walk that many guys. Um, they're down starters right now. The Rays are. They're down relievers. They could use him to go five or six just because their bullpen is pretty taxed with all their injuries. Uh, he gets two starts this week, and that part I like. Uh, and I think the, the the starts are pretty good this week it's too. If K- I'm not mistaken, KC K- in Toronto. Yeah, the, yeah. One okay. One out of two ain't bad. Yeah. Uh, although it's in Tampa and not in Dunedin. Yeah. So, and not, who knows who's who knows who's taking the field for the Blue Jays by then too. Right, and they might be yeah. You know, right, if it's the lineup they're fielded today, yeah. No Biggio, no Lourdes, yep. no Teoscar, no Springer, no Springer. I yeah. mean, they got shut out by Brady Singer for crying out loud. Yeah. Um, who's off to a horrible start prior to this, but uh, you know they might have everybody back, and it's a lefty versus a righty heavy lineup. That might be a bad matchup there, but the first one against KC should be pretty good. And the Rays just guys just pitch well in the Rays. Like it's just one of those things that the Rays know what they're doing. They're smart, and they just uh, they get guys, usually get good numbers out of guys. I mean, he had he had two point seven eight ERA in, in thirty two innings last year. He kind of limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he had made five starts and had a couple other appearances. But yeah, I mean, you do two starts out of someone on the Rays. You like uh, you like your chances there. Yeah, it's funny the Rays. Are, I mean, they're they're off to kind of ass start, but it helps that everybody else in the division kind of is too. Uh, the Red Sox are ten and six, so they're 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 they only go on streaks. Yes. They only they do. win a bunch in a row or lose a bunch in a row, it seems like. Uh, but, I mean, the Yankees are 5-10 and ten and deserving of it. Very. Uh, it's not like they've been unlucky. Nope. The Orioles are actually overachieving, and the Blue Jays are meh right now, too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it didn't hurt them too badly to get off to the start. They're only two games out. We talk about having scars from guys. Last guy I want to ask you about, someone I definitely have some scars from, is Joe Ross with the yep. with the Nationals. He has two starts this week, uh, home against St. Louis, then at the Mets. Uh, his first two starts have been uh, pretty good, Jeff. No earned runs in, uh, in either start, so I'd say that's pretty solid, 11 innings. Yeah. Um, where are you on Joe Ross? I can never fully get on board with Joe Ross. Uh, 7% swing strike so far on these two starts. It's not like he's getting a bunch of swings and misses. Right. Um, I don't know. I think I'm just scarred from uh, – there, there were a couple years that I really, really liked Joe Ross, and it, it didn't work out. He's got an ERA over five the last three years he's pitched, although one of those was 16 innings. Uh, but was really good his first couple years in the majors. 2016 and 2015, he was very solid. Another guy that was he was banged up and injured, missed a lot of time. Uh, were you bidding? Were you bidding on uh, on Ross? We got off the two shutouts. I was, was, but wasn't my first or second choice. That's he was, was probably too. like fourth or fifth on my list. Uh, he always seems to be that guy who pitches well when he shouldn't, and then gets bombed when he should pitch well. It seems I, like that. That's my I experience. I know that feeling. I know that feeling. Throw well the whipsaw. Yeah. Uh, and. 
I mean, at the Mets, uh, you know, I mean, Michael Conforto is hitting like 110 or something like that. But, you know, he's going to come around. And one of my mix, like thinner mixed leagues, someone cut Jeff McNeil and someone else, someone else wow. cut Michael Conforto. I claim oh. them both. Wow. It, it's a different league. That's uh, still... it's, it's thinner. We only have three outfield spots. Yeah. There's no corner. There's, you know. I'm still but, putting good at Conforto just because people love Conforto. Yeah, well, I, I love Conforto. Yeah. And uh, if you drafted him, you probably had to love him too, because I mean, he was someone. He was he was going pretty high, and it was just people you draft him usually liked him a lot. Sorry to get priced up late. Yeah, I, I paid that price in the RotoWire Staff Keeper League, and that it, feeling the effects of that so far. But I I still think it's coming. Around. I mean, I don't hold any of the Mets slopes against them right now, though. Yeah, look at they've the, been look at their yeah. surreal season so with far. COVID, they had the COVID delays, and they had about fifteen rainouts. It feels like they had, they had a snow out. Um, it's, yeah, it feels like every other day they don't play. So, yeah, it's hard to get really in a groove. And I, I'm not too worried about Conforto. Yeah, I'm not too worried about the Mets hitters, period. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that was a top five offense last year and they got they improved. So now maybe it was that some of these guys were, you know, lucky last year as a two month sample or whatever. But I expect a lot of recovery here. Side note on that before we get into hitting fab, I love Marcus Stroman. I love watching Marcus Stroman pitch. I love everything yeah. about the guy. I know that uh, I know that he's not the uh, the point eight nine ERA guy that he is so far, but like him making plays behind his black, then pointing at the gold glove patch on his glove was just absolute friggin' fantastic. I love that it. was funny. I just uh, he's 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 uh, about a half inch shorter than me, which makes him makes me really really like him. Um, so I just I love Stroman. Yeah, smart guy too. Hey, yeah. did you know he went to Duke? <laughs> I, I heard that every once in a while, yes. Uh, let's talk about some hitters in, in Fab. The first one was not available in a ton of leagues, but was available in some 12s. Uh, Avisel Garcia suddenly has a very, very clear path to playing time with Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich on the D, on the IL. Sorry, I do that every once in a while. Mashing so far. Really hits the ball hard. 52% hard hit rate, 15.8% barrel rate. He struggled in 2020. He was one of those guys, I think he just tossed that out, but it was really good in 2019 with the Rays. Uh, he had 20 home runs and 10 stolen bases that year. Hit 282, barrel rate over 10%. Um, feels to me like a guy that has a really good run of playing time right now that if he plays really well for a couple weeks, you could carve that out to be more of a full-time guy. Yeah. Um, and only thing for him that might be working against him is Jackie Bradley Jr. starting to warm up too. And yeah. so... When these guys come back, they're going to be in the same sort of crunch. Yeah, and Brad, um, Bradley's defense just keeps him on the field at all times, too. Oh, yeah, he's really good. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he, he's been a key part of that lineup. Uh, and he's been – I don't – funny thing is I don't have him in any leagues, and he went, but he wasn't available in most of them. I don't think he was available in my 12s this week, but I had, I'll have yeah, to double I had check him, and make I, sure. I had him. I picked him up in one twelve, so that's why I kind of put him in here. But another Garcia that was available everywhere – I'm going to mess up his first name, but Adelise Garcia – um, has not done much, but he's hitting fourth most of the week for Texas. And I, I was like, I looked at his game logs. I'm like, clean up, clean up, clean up. I was like, what is going on? And then you look at his 2019 in the minors, 32 home runs, 14 stolen bases. Uh, he's got a 14% barrel rate so far. I understand it's a very, very small sample. Uh, a lot of strikeouts, he's a 30% strikeout guy in 2019. So you're going to have some batting average uh, risk there. Definitely a low floor, mm-hmm. 30%, 30% so far this year and has not walked yet. Uh, playing time could get a little sticky. Willie Calhoun's back. Chris Davis might be back in a couple weeks. But as I looked at this guy's minor league numbers, I felt like he was someone to take a shot on and maybe kind of maybe kind of hit hit a hot streak here for for a couple weeks. Yeah, he could be the mature prospect that yeah, you know is exactly. ready to produce. I mean, he was, he had that eight eighteen in Triple A in Memphis in two thousand nineteen, which was a happy fun ball year. Yeah, as a twenty six year old. Yeah, and he and repeating the level. Uh, in fact, that was his third year at the level. Uh, and then again, Cardinals kind of 
have Cardinal castoffs too. They you know, do well, it's, yes. It's so weird. They have Cardinal Devil Magic on the guys they call up. Yep. Yet there's Void, there's a Rosarena, there, there's other guys. I don't know. I mean, he could be something. Uh, it's, I have a hard time. It's a pure dart, but it's a guy who has a history of some power and some speed. And it's uh, outfield is, I, I, I I'd say it again, I I was looking so hard for outfielders. I, I lost, I, I needed an outfielder. I had Kristen Pache. I picked him up last week. I'm on the DL after two or mm-hmm. IL after two at start two at bats. So I needed someone. And then Starling Marte, we're going to talk about in a bit, got hurt this afternoon. We don't know how bad it's going to be. So I had to pick up two outfielders this week. And it was finding one was really hard. Finding two was just nearly impossible. Yeah. So Adelise uh, Garcia was uh, a Cuban signing. Um, that's why he's so late. Right. Uh, he's 28 yeah. now. Yeah. And yeah. so he signed when he was like 24. Um, so. That, that kind of explains why he was so slow to get to the majors. It right. wasn't like he was languishing forever. Nonetheless, three years at AAA is a long time. It is. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I put a bit on him in AL Tout Wars, because, especially because Leota Tavares has been terrible. He has been. Uh, like, yeah. Beyond terrible. Yeah. Uh, as I acutely am aware of in two of my leagues. Yeah, we've gone, from, we've gone from him leading off to him playing every day but hitting ninth, and now I think we may get to a point where he's not playing every day. Him getting sent to AAA when there is a AAA to send to. Yeah, I think that that's that's very a very real possibility. Yeah, and he, he kind of got he was called up kind of early, so kind of makes sense a little bit. It does. And then Willie Calhoun was also available in some leagues. He's available in one of my mains and a couple of my twelves. He returned on Saturday with a couple hits. He was awful in 2020. Played 29 games, was really bad. But 2019, 21 home runs in 83 games, had a 260 batting average that year. Obviously, the massive prospect pedigree. He was a huge Dodgers prospect when he was coming up. Yeah. I don't know how the playing time's gonna work out. He's not a very good defender, so it kind of limits uh, where you can put him. But um, this is a guy that's shown shown in the minors and in 2019 the majors that uh, he can hit if he's given the chance. Yeah, he, he can. Uh, and the funny thing is, like when he had his quasi breakout in 2019, it wasn't a factor of the ballpark either. 789 OPS at home, 909 on the road that wow. year. Yeah. Um, so it's not that. Uh, at least it wasn't that year. So you know, there, there's a. Ch- I mean, he. Pedigree gets a chance. He was part of Fabapalooza, right? I think he was. I think. I think you're right. I think. Pretty sure he got called he, up that week. He was the. It was annoying because he hit well and then we got sent down anyhow. It's part of a numbers game. That's right. I do remember that. You're right. And it was for, what was the aging veteran? Uh, it was Hunter Pence. Oh jeez. Aced him yeah. out of playing time. That's right. It was that year the Hunter Pence like actually hit really well for Texas for like two. Yeah, months, he was right? actually yeah. good. Yeah. You understand? And they were sort of competitive that year. Yeah. So I, I kind of understood it. You know, it was, if they were the, the, this current iteration of a team and they were blocking him, it'd be a more upsetting. Yeah, but I mean, you look at you look at uh, Calhoun's minor league numbers. He had, I mean, had 2017 Triple A at 23 home runs in 99 games, and he had the 21 mm-hmm. in majors and 18. I mean, the guy is, is he's had some flashes of really hitting. He seems like he uh, gets a little grumpy at times and then can't play defense. Yep. So it's a bad combo, but. Uh, I don't know. He's interesting. I, I had bids in uh, where 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 he's available. I think that he's someone that you know could uh, one of these times could just click and, and be really good. Yeah, he could. Uh, Renato Nunez uh, is hitting middle of the order for the uh, Tigers now, playing every day with Miguel Cabrera out with his injury, and there's no real timetable on Miggy coming back. Uh, Nunez yeah. already homered twice, and this is someone that 12 home runs last year in 52 games. In 2019, he had 31 home runs and 600 plate appearances. He hit 244, too. It's not like a, a Joey Gallo, you know, hit a bunch of home runs, hit 190 kind of guy either. Um, K rate was 29% last year, but it's, uh, it was 24% in a full season in 2019. He's not a huge strikeout guy either. Right. Um, power sources in fab are hard to find, and, and Nunez is out there, and especially in some 12 team leagues. Yeah. Uh, weirdly, didn't make the team out of spring training. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was strange that he didn't, and 
um, for a team that didn't really have a ton of power options either. Yeah, although I'll say this. It's not like he's setting the world on fire. He's got two homers, but he's yeah. four for 27 with eight strikeouts already. So, I mean, he, he reported late. He had the, I think he was either delayed by COVID or by the testing or something of that nature. And he had a delayed start to spring training. So he, he yeah, wasn't really up was to it the Was it the alt site? And who knows, you know, how you know yep. how much real game action you're getting there. But uh, I'm just a guy that has legit 30 home run pop. And we, he's shown it in the past. And it's, it's hard to well, find that. Legit fact. 2019 30 home That's run true. pop. That's happy fun ball. Uh, happy fun ball pop is a real thing, too. Uh, feels yeah. like we have happy, happy exit velocity uh, ball this year, but not happy uh, home run distance ball. So, far. right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. My my brain explodes reading out all the art, various articles and breakdowns of the ball. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, not the not the diminish the work of others. It's just it's so much and it's just over. It's so bad. A lot of back and forth on that one. It is. Um, Travis Shaw. Speaking of guys who uh, were good in the past, had uh, thirty home runs in twenty seventeen, thirty home runs in twenty eighteen. Changes swing in spring training twenty nineteen. It did not go well. He was bad in twenty nineteen. He was bad in twenty twenty. Um, has had a resurgence so far this year. He's hitting two sixty, three home runs, thirteen RBI so far. Uh, he's hitting third every day with Yelich out of the lineup. When Yelich was there, he's hitting fourth or fifth, so he's very involved. Yeah. Um, I think has first and third base eligibility, which is really nice uh, in in a, in a deeper league. Um, the twenty nineteen season was weird. We talked about the swing change. Had a thirty three percent strikeout rate, which is just a big outlier for him. Usually he's in the kind of the mid twenties. Right now it's at twenty eight percent only because he struck out four times today, but um, had been a little better before today. Um, he's someone that uh, I just I kind of like just hitting in the middle of that lineup, and he seems like he maybe maybe back to the guy we saw in 2018 finally. Yeah, I mean the strikeouts are part of it. Batting average is a huge, humongous risk, but we're trying to find power. Yeah, uh, and it's not as readily available as it's been in previous years. Uh, so I get it in the in spot that lineup, and they, they took away a lot of the competition. I mean, with them trading away Arcia. Uh, Urias is usually starting. Urias had I thought he had a good week. I was like, oh, he's coming around. No, he's hitting 154. Yeah, he had he had that uh, he had seven RBIs on the week. I think is why it's six out because he had like a three run double and then a big other big other hit with yep. multi RBIs. So he had a couple yep. big hits. Yeah, he has 12 walks. So in a, if you're in an OBP league, it's a lot better than a batting average league. But yeah, it's like same thing. I made that mistake on XM today. Like Keston Hurry, he's coming around because I saw him have that big hit on <laughs> right. Saturday. He's had 116. Yeah, and right. it, when Kessler has one big game, all of Twitter explodes. So I think we magnify the fact that maybe he's he's warming up because everybody gets really excited when he has one big game. God, I remember. I mean, I'm old enough to remember taking him in the fourth round last year. I know. It's uh, that star has uh, the, the the glisten on that star is going away pretty quickly. I uh, how long do they how long can they stick with him? Hmm. Not very well. I don't know. I mean, it's it's not like he's adding any defensive value. Yeah, so. he's not. And Vogel back homer twice today. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just I, I could see uh, once they get a couple guys back, maybe he's the odd man out for a while just to build him some confidence or something. He has 17 strikeouts and 40 at bats. Is that good? I mean, that's he's got 30 percent K rate. He's got 48 plate appearances. I mean, he has the one home run. I mean, that's he's you're right. He's at 116, and uh, it's just. I don't know how long you can do it. It's. I mean, last yeah. year, last year was really bad too. I mean, he did have 13 homers, but he hit 212. OBP under 300, so like in real baseball, he was bad too. It wasn't just fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. 2019 seems like a long time away, doesn't it? It, it does. It does, uh, which is a shame. You know, sometimes you know the guys get figured out for a while. They 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 come they they finally figure it back out. Sometimes they become Ruganado Dor too. Yeah, and he just it just happened quickly for him before he got his contract, unfortunately. 
Last guy I want to talk about in Fab is someone that uh, that you were watching the Sinai game, so you decided to pick him up. It sounds like <laughs> Guillermo. Well, I know I was looking at him already, because but yes, I, I had to. I raised I my rate. Uh, Guillermo Heredia had, we had played play, started three out of four games with uh, with the injuries in Atlanta. Now that Ronald Acuna might be going on the IL too, Heredia's playing time is even more locked in for a little bit than it was with with Pache and Acuna maybe going to the DL. Um, had six RBIs tonight, two home runs, had a grand slam. Uh, I don't know. He's a guy that he did. He had some. Uh, he had a little bit of pop in the past. A few streaks there, here and there. I think it was in Seattle. He had a couple uh, hot weeks there. But uh, what were you thinking when you picked him up? Just playing time. Playing time. Who knows? Although the thing is, picking him up for playing time is kind of dumb in a way because they have five games this week. I, you know, I, that, that's the thing. I'm at the recency bias bar, though. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just uh, have a drink on me, I guess. But uh, you know what? It, Unlike it didn't cost Austin Riley prices though, right? Uh, you know, and that—that's the thing. You just try to ride it for a while and see what happens. Uh, I mean, it's not like this is his first chance. Probably isn't a drastically different player, but he is just—he's playing. You said you talked earlier about how hard it is to find yeah. outfielders, guys that are playing every day. He can play center field, uh, and you know, if Acuna goes on the IL, which we won't know until Monday, he's going. Uh, he's going. He's going. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's going on the IL. Yeah. So. All of a sudden, they're down Acuna, Pache, Inciarte. Yep, Inciarte's in the aisle too. So he, I mean, yeah. he, he's gonna play. Who else can play out there? N- nobody. I, they, Drew Waters gets the call, maybe. There, it's 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 pretty ugly, pretty quick out there. I, 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 I'm trying to think here about. Is, I think Camargo played out there tonight. Yeah. So you have, I mean, Azuna is way in one spot, and the other two spots are pretty much wide open. Yeah, and Azuna is not exactly covering a whole lot of ground you get, out there. Uh, you have Adrianza, I guess you can play the, some outfield too, but that's not ideal either. Or I you mean, put Riley in a corner outfield spot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah it pretty much shows that as we have to dig for ways to be creative with it, that there's going to be openings there. And Heredia is kind of the guy that can play center field too. So I think that I went and looked at him too because I, you know, I, I was talking with Vlad Sudler and we we're just trying to think of outfielders who are playing. And he's playing, but you look and he's like, uh, 11 home runs in 2017, 2018, over two years, playing a lot of, playing a bunch. You know, he had like something like almost 700 at bat or almost over 700 played appearances. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of upside there. But, you know, I think that we're at a point in 15 teamers where if you get a guy that plays every day in the outfield for a couple of weeks, like he's worth picking up. And it's it's kind of sad, but it's true. There's so many platoon guys that just are, are tough to play. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's just kind of what I'm looking at there. But I will say this. I mean, you know, my. My landing of him is kind of suboptimal just because they have the two road games uh, against the Yankees. Uh, Tyon and Kluber could be worse. I mean, Kluber at least, doesn't uh, look good. At least you get a DH. It even locks in their playing time even more, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it gets Osuna out of the field, which might be you know, good Also a good thing. But you get uh, uh, you get to face Luke Weaver and Madison Bumgarner over the weekend. You got to like that. Yeah. And then Zach Allen not, don't like that as yeah, much. But at least much. it's in Atlanta, not in Arizona. Uh, and then you get yeah, seven, you get seven games the week after that. You get the Cubs pitching, which is not scary right now. Then you get at Toronto. You get more DH in there. Um, I think the uh, if you can stomach the the first half of this week, the next ten days after that play pretty well for playing time. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think so too. So, so uh, we, I, I added them in three leagues. I had them in uh, I think maybe both mains and TGFBI. So uh, recency bias, baby. You know, if you're going to be rooting for Heredi, I'm going to be rooting for Adelise Garcia in the main event. So uh, I did not think we'd be doing that three weeks ago. That's for darn sure. But um, let's get into some news and notes. Uh, we talked about a bunch of injuries. I want to hit those real quick before we get out of here. But first, a note from our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. 
Football season approaches, and you've got to check out these new best ball leagues on Underdog. Best ball is the ultimate test of your in, of your live draft skills. There's no in-season management. That's right. Draft your team, and Underdog automatically credits you with the best-performing players every week. You don't need to play the waiver wire or worry about trades. It's just the draft. Who doesn't love drafting? In Underdog Best Ball, you can draft as many times as you want because you don't have to do any roster management, saving you loads and loads of time. Underdog's Best Ball Leagues are drafting right now, starting at just $3. Once the season starts, Underdog has daily fantasy and an all-new pick'em game, too. Go download the Underdog app now to get in some Best Ball before the season starts. Enter promo code ROTOWIRE with first deposit. Underdog will honor a money-back guarantee during your first month. Love Underdog or get your money back with promo code ROTOWIRE. Search Underdog in your app store and enter promo code ROTOWIRE. So, Jeff, unfortunately, this weekend was an absolute bloodbath of injuries. We're going to go through some of these before we uh, jump out of here. Uh, we mentioned Ronald Acuna. That uh, was a frustrating one. Like, he, I was watching the game. He dove back in the bag and, like, kind of grabbed his lower abdomen. And, you know, you tell he hurt something in there. And yeah. then he scores on a hit 35 seconds later and slides headfirst into home plate. And you like he's, like, on his knees in pain. I was like, how do you slide on your stomach when you just hurt your stomach? I think it's just instinctual. I know it is, but like you think, like you think at the point, like the coach is like, "Hey, if you score on this double, don't slide head first into home, or don't slide at all, or slide feet first, or maybe like get it in his head at some point, right?" Yeah, I'm sure that's what they're going to preach uh, during however long this absence is. Uh, so they but, said after, after the game, he has an abdominal strain, and like you said, they're going to find it on Monday if he has to go in the aisle or not. Yeah, you were asking if that was like the worst uh, head first slide you've ever seen. I think it's every head first slide at first base that are you know yeah. after hitting a, especially if it's like not avoiding a tag, right? And it's just trying to beat the throw. I mean that that's that's dumber. But uh, yeah, they otherwise. all everybody always jams their thumb in that play too. And it, Ramon Laureano did it on the second game of the season. It drove me nuts too. But yep. Um, tough though. I mean, Acuna has been unbelievably good. And obviously if you took him, he was one of your, he was the, one of the top three picks, top five picks in the draft, wherever your draft mm-hmm. was, but he was one in a lot of drafts. Um, losing him for any amount of time is, uh, is not good for any team. That's right. That's right. Uh, and you know, everybody that was like, Hey, I took Acuna over Tatis. Yeah. How about that? You know, uh, there no. was a lot of, this is why you don't take a pitcher first when uh, Acuna was going off. And I'm like, oh, well, let's, let's see. Oh yeah. There, there's a lot of, yeah. And, Silent is like, yeah, I did take a Cunha TGF by Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's right. I took him over Tatis. How about them apples? Yeah, I didn't really tweet it, but first, it, uh, I thought it. First three-week victory laps drive me nuts more than – I know people like it and they're having fun with it, but it still drives me nuts. Yeah, and they, 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 I, I, I just like the lectures more than anything else. Yeah, they, lecture bad. And it's uh, – we got to remember it's a six-month season. I think everybody's kind of in that 60-game season mode where everything was like – like a three-game losing streak was massive. And now it's like everybody just – it's a long – we're going to get in July and everybody's going to realize how damn long the season is. But yeah. uh, Lance Lynn, who, uh, you know, obviously if you took him, he was in like the fourth round. He's probably your starting pitcher one or two. Uh, Tendai Isla with a right, right trapezius strain. Uh, it sounded like they were pretty optimistic about this not being too long term. But anytime you have a pitcher with anything going on, uh, you, you definitely get worried. Yeah, for sure. Um, and didn't see this one coming at all. I mean, he, he's been good. He's been very good. Yeah, And he was uh, the guy that like everybody's like, well, if you need a 200 inning pitcher, it's going to be Lance Lynn. He's the one guy who's right. going to go out there and be the horse. He threw he threw a complete game shutout. Yep. Uh, 11 Ks on that one there. He pitched well against Cleveland his next time out. Went six innings with 10, 10 Ks. You know, he's the guy that prides himself on, I am going to throw 100 pitches. Yep. And I, I I fear the, you know, the reverberations, you know, like C, you know, because there, there's a whole, there, there's this whole like game being played in the media about the role of analytics in baseball. And, you know, yep. like, a lot of 
anti-analytic pushback. Uh, we won't name names, A-Rod and Matty <laughs> B, but, uh, uh, oh, and it's, but it's not, it's certainly not limited to them. And it, I cringe over that. And I was like, yeah, we'll see. This is why, or something like that. But, you know, this is not also time to victory lap on that either, because you don't know if it's caused by him by his workload or, you know, that's the thing that's kind of the, the difficult part is the science isn't necessarily there. Like setting a pitch count, you know, it, hundreds a great number, but it's not necessarily the reason why any, you know, right. any, anything is it, there is some art to it there. Like watching how a pitcher is throwing and seeing like his, how he's, you know, in game, you can just watch how he's doing. You can look at his velocity readings in game, things yep. like that. But you know, there's a lot more to it there. The one that uh, really worries me is Steven Strasburg. He went on the 10-day IL with right shoulder inflammation. He's obviously a right-handed starter. You hate to see that. There's a clip of him like during his last start massaging his shoulder and rubbing his arm. Uh, no timetable given, and it's Strasburg. Uh, it's hard to feel super optimistic about this one. Yeah, it is. It really is. I mean, it's always something, it seems like. And he had the one magical year. Yep. I'm glad he got paid. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Me too. I mean, because you know what? He he won them a World Series. Yeah, he was awesome in the playoffs that year. Yeah, and yeah. you know that and you, there was plenty of other. And he was the target of a lot of angst. So some of it's yeah, you know, on him. Some of that's on his agent. Either way, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, he he went through a lot. He caused a lot of grief. Yeah, it's tough. I I, I didn't want him. I was scared of him. Uh, for the you know, I, although he was much more reasonably costing in the six six fifth sixth round. He was most drafts, but. Yeah. Yet I still wasn't there for that. Uh, I would not trade for him as a buy low right now. Uh, I don't think I would either. I just uh, shoulders uh, shoulders of the pitcher. You just uh, it's hard to see that uh, being fully right anytime soon. Uh, Starling Marte, we mentioned earlier, he tweaked his side in his last at bat of the game on Sunday in the ninth inning. He's removed oh. from the game right away. Uh, feels like it's going to be uh, you know on the IL with an oblique kind of thing tomorrow morning. We don't know that yet. We don't know how serious it was. There was a quote afterwards from Don Mattingly saying. We need to get him out of there before he took another swing and made it a lot worse. We don't want to lose him for six weeks. We've got to lose him now for a little bit of time. So um, I imagine he's clearly he's he's the key of their offense. He is the like the three hitter on their team that's the best player on their offense. Um, mm-hmm. Brutal for them. Brutal for fan teams. He had I think he had two home runs and three stolen bases already. He was hitting for a high average. Had a, a bunch of runs scored already. Um, he was playing hitting the ball really well, playing really well. I have him in the main event, so that uh, you know it's all about me. Um, I'm hoping we get a hope we get a, a quick ten dayer, but with obliques, I just it's just the, the risk of recurrence is just so high. It sucks when you lose a third round player. Yeah, uh, it does. Shu and I have them in one of our two mains also. Yep. Uh, and yeah, and it sucks that they don't play tomorrow. Uh, so you you may have to make a decision right away about like okay opportunity cost. I, I almost certainly benching him. Me too. I mean, I, and I, that's I just, the, the joy of the bye week uh, offensive players too. Is like if he somehow avoids the IL, he missed a couple games. There's Wednesday, Thursday, you know, and he's back Friday. I'll be so happy he's back Friday. That I wouldn't care about missing a couple games anyway. Right, right. I mean, all we all and, and as if we need any reminder that that's the route to go. Just look at the next player on our list, Christian Yelich. I mean, day to day, do I do I start him? It's against the Cubs' lousy pitching staff. Oh, a lot of games. Uh, I'll just try to write it out. Maybe I'll just miss two games. Or you'll miss the whole week and he goes on the aisle after the fact anyhow. Yeah, it was like he was making progress, then all of a sudden the progress stopped is what they said. So I was like, that's good. I finally took him out. I took him out for the weekend, so I did get him out this weekend. Yeah, so he had a big zero for four days. That's, I did have a big zero. Not- I had a big zero for four days. I took him out in uh, in, in the 12-teamer because I had I had decent options in the main event. It's like, I'm not gonna, I, two days of yellow, which is going to be better than anybody I'm going to put in. So I left him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, The two days did not turn out to be better. So... Um, 
I worry about Yelich because he's back. And he's had back issues before. Uh, we talked about him last week a little bit because he was starting to have the this, this soreness and he had missed the game on Sunday. And, um, you know, you want it, you have him for stolen bases. You have him for power. And the back affects both of those. And uh, I hope he just gets fully healthy because he's one of those guys when he's healthy, he's really fun to watch and, and great for baseball. And I just – I hope we get him fully back here pretty quick. Yeah. And, you know, I think – I, I, it's just we all just wish they would have put him on the IL to begin with there for sure. Uh, so I don't I can't give them credit for like okay they're not taking any chances with their guy yep. here because they kind of were for a while. Yeah, and it's April. Like just if he's got something going on, just you get you have ten days, it's not fifteen days anymore. But oh well. Uh, Gavin Lux is pretty much exactly what the Dodgers did to that example. They he missed a couple games. They have put him on the IL. Sounds like he's gonna be back pretty quickly. But a sore right wrist is always something I'm worried about with a hitter. That's, uh, you know, sore wrists tend to lead to power being sapped, et cetera. So I'm hoping we see something there. Lux had not been very good to start the year. The, uh, you know, we're kind of hoping for the breakout this year. It hasn't been there yet. He's been playing almost every day. And uh, you just wonder with the Dodgers, like when he comes back, uh, is the playing time there right away? You know, uh, McKinstry's playing really well and can play some second base. Chris Taylor's been hitting home runs and been smoking the ball. It's... Uh, it's just not a, not a team that you want to miss some time and have to come back and kind of earn your way back in because it's hard to get back in the lineup. It is. It absolutely is. Uh, and that team is so yeah. so that team is so freaking stacked. By the way, it's insane. Yeah, I mean McKinstry. I mean he wasn't out of nowhere. He was a prospect. You know Clay Link was on him and all that. But still, man, out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> and again, this is another well, not old. He's twenty five. It's a little different. He's not twenty eight or something like that. He's not quite Whit Merrifield, but he's another you know less heralded prospect that earned his way up and is ready to go when they need him uh it's kind of interesting did you get any mckinstry this week i did not he was actually picked up in both my mains last week and then in the online i just needed pitching and didn't my offense was kind of fine so i didn't i didn't really do it i just worry i worry with him with playing time obviously now with uh, with lux out and bellinger on the aisle also he's probably getting a pretty good run here but uh yeah. i was not super aggressive i probably would have been more in the main event when i needed outfielders but he was gone already yeah yeah that makes sense yeah, that's uh, the team is just the team's just insane. Um, Tim LaCastro uh, finally got caught stealing and also dislocated his pinky on the caught stealing, which is kind of disappointing. He's went on the IL, so if you've been using him for stolen bases, he's gonna be out for a little bit. Uh, Kevin Biggio, a bruised right hand, hasn't started since Thursday. Is the one that uh, is tough because the, the Jays play five games this week. He's uh, he's kind of tough to use. They don't play they don't play Monday, then they play two games at Boston. He's kind of it's kind of hard to use him this week. It at least, is. At least the fir- is. for the first half. Same thing though with like with Lux with him you know it's hand wrist and all yeah. that but Lux they were saying well he could feel but he couldn't swing the bat well yeah that's that's kind of important for our purposes there you know oh and a hand you think you're gonna slide steal as many bases sliding head first you know one of the, the, the pauses about Biggio is he doesn't get caught oh okay Lacastro gets hurt sliding head first you know it's <laughs> like uh, you know taking away the one thing that they do well right it's not fun. Um, Ozzy Albies, Mitch, Saturday and Sunday with a sore right calf. Just more injuries for the Braves. Uh, the Braves do not play Monday. Also, they also have a five-game week. So another guy that's tough to play the first half of the week. You just don't know he's going to play Tuesday or not. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and, yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, man, all of a sudden, a lot of teams are getting like this. They're getting piled on. And that's it was like thing. all this weekend, too. Like it was it was kind of OK. And then Saturday hit. There was a bunch. And then today was just injuries all over the place today. And like yeah. to big name guys, too. Right. And just, you know, losing the guy, losing a big name guy is one thing, but also losing two other guys at his position. I mean, that's that's tough. I mean, the Jays, the, Bra- the Braves, you know, it's just like, ah, oh, that's brutal. 
Uh, Trent Grisham was a late scratch today with some left quad tightness. We don't know uh, severity there. Obviously, a guy that Ugh. you know had, had came, come out and hitting really well, running a little bit, had a stolen base. Um, they do play tomorrow, so we should know if he's in the lineup. They have seven games this week, as we mentioned earlier, but uh, really tough pitching. But uh, he's a lefty, and they face uh, I think they face six righties this week, so you definitely want him in the lineup if he's playing. Uh, the Astros, they uh, Jordan Alvarez, Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve have been out for uh, the, the on the COVID IL. They were cleared for team workouts. It sounds like from what every Dusty Manager, Dusty Baker saying, Manager Dusty Baker, uh, sounds like they might be back on Thursday when their when their road trip ends. Sounds like they're all, they're all kind of shooting for Thursday when they get the Angels at home. Yeah, um, which is a shame because we're missing course Field for these guys. And yep. although Jordan Alvarez was probably gonna, That's you're true. probably gonna have to have a tough call anyhow. Yeah. Because uh, he's unless he's going to play first base, he's not going to play. Uh, so that's that's a bummer. But you, you can, I guess, you're going to have to make that hard call anyhow. You know, typically, I've been like starting Cruz even then. You know, like on like that opening weekend, he got a pinch hit RBI single. I mean, it's like you want that okay, you want that pinch hit grand slam, which is what you want. Yeah, of course you do. You know, I want I want yeah, I want the fairy tale, but yeah. uh, whatever. But uh, Pretty Women references in a baseball podcast. Here we go. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Uh, we mentioned Rafael Dolis earlier. It sounds like Jordan Romano is likely to be back from his 10-day IL stay in the minimum. Um, I'm going to believe that once I see him on the mound. I'm not sure I'm fully buying that, but it sounds like it. Uh, it's not going to be long-term, whereas Julian Merriweather sounds like it's going to be like six to eight weeks for his uh, oblique, right. which is uh, which is rough. He had just uh, kind of taken over the closer role. He, was, he actually came in um, in a save opportunity in that he pitched the, the one out in the eighth inning. He was going to come back in for the ninth. All of a sudden, uh, someone else was in there for the ninth. We're like, what's going on? That's weird. They took him out, even though they scored an extra run. Run, um, but yeah. it turns out that he had the oblique, and so I think it's a long-term thing, and uh, that's tough. After some people spent a lot of money and fab on him uh, just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that's right. I, I saw him getting cut. Merriweather getting cut in some places. Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing about isn't this the same thing Romano had last year though? At the end of the season last year, I know he had some physical issue, and I thought it was his elbow. I thought it was ulnar neuritis then too. I'm, uh, no, it's actually a finger issue. I, I lied again. Uh, I'm lying a lot these days. You got to stop doing that. Uh, it seems like with both Romano and Merriweather, though, the issue is staying healthy. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it, just it's a it's a scary sounding thing. Ulnar neuritis. I mean, that's just yeah. But it's it's not. It's I, I looked at his injury updates in our on, on Rotowire, and it wasn't that. Uh, so. I guess that, that that's it, but you know, I know, I just know that he got shut. He didn't make the play. He wasn't available for the playoffs because of that finger issue. Yeah. Uh, so it, uh, I guess it's a different issue entirely. If nothing else, it tempered my bids on Dolis just because the the threat of of Ronald being back on next Sunday is was enough to kind of pull me back off Dolis a little bit. Yeah, talk about injuries compiling though. Merriweather, uh, Romano, uh, you know, I think uh, Phelps has been banged up. I know yeah. Chatwood's on the IL right now. Uh, of course, Yates to begin with. There, that's I mean, right. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a bullpen, a bullpen that looked really different three and a half weeks ago, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Keep Ryan Hayes on some good news. Uh, he's playing in a rehab game at the alternate site on Tuesday. There is some talk that he could be activated for uh, probably next weekend. I think he might be back with the Pirates then. So that's a that's a good one because that's one that we thought might have been a, a ham eight or something like that. It might be a really serious injury. Turns out maybe, maybe he's only going to miss about three weeks. You know, the funny thing is those ham eight injuries are like back in two weeks and hitting, you know, oh, I don't feel any pain anymore. They got rid of it. I'm fine. And others are like out for the rest of the year. Yeah, uh, and I, I don't know the distinction. Or you're Matt Olson and you have it. You're out for a while, and then you come back and hit 35 home runs in half a that, season. That's what I was. That's yeah. the, the positive example yeah. I was thinking of. And then uh, on the Rangers, who is it? Uh, it was 
somebody good on the ring. It, it was Joey Gallo. Oh, okay, that's right. The, yeah. uh, the, the forever handmate, the super handmate. <laughs> Somewhere Rich Hill's happy. Um, yes. Gary Sanchez uh, got hit by a foul tip. He does not uh, apparently put his hand behind his back when he catches, and his hand's like just out floating out there. And uh, I forget who it was. It was uh, who's the catcher that does the Yankees game? John something. Uh, he used to be their catcher. I can't think of his name right now, but he was. It was maybe John Flaherty. Flaherty, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He I was talking. He does them. He was talking. He was. He was in the studio, and he like he came on. He's like, I can't believe that you know Sanchez doesn't put his hand behind his back or behind his right ankle or behind his shin guard. And it was a foul ball, and Sanchez's hand is out there and just got smoked by it. But he got lucky. The extras are negative. Sounds like he might return on Tuesday from that bruised hand. So he might have. Uh, it looks like he dodged a pretty tough bullet there. And I see these foul tips all the time, and especially with pitchers throwing harder and harder these yeah. days. Yeah, or a cross up for that matter. Someone got one right in the face in the on sh- the face mask today. Yeah, and those I'm ones in the face mask. I know that that those have to those have to just rattle your rattle your cage right there because those are concussionator. Yeah, I mean it's just it just looks horrible. It does, it is. especially and the umpires get them too. It's like oh yeah, guys throwing a hundred gets fouled back and right over the catcher's shoulder. It's like oh my gosh. Yep. So that's that's kind of the news notes. Um, I had a couple players I want to talk about. We've kind of got a little bit longer. I'm going to go with just a couple guys here really quick. I want to ask you, uh, are you worried at all about any of these players real quick? Are you worried at all about Kyle Tucker, uh, Austin Meadows, or are you on Mankata? No, no, no. Uh, I, I, should I be? I, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't, I actually don't think you should be. The only one I'm 5% worried about is Mankata just because he's not hitting anything hard so far. Uh, his sure. hard hit rate's under 30%. Um, hasn't attempted a stolen base since 2019, so not none this year, none last year. Um, hasn't been getting on a base lot, so that's probably the biggest factor. But is that uh, funny though? He ran like the first week of spring training, stole yeah. a base. Like, oh, he's back. Yeah. We're fine. Don't have to worry about that. Uh, I guess K- I, I don't have Mankata this year yeah. anywhere, so I didn't realize how bad he was hitting. K rate's a little elevated. He's hitting 200. Um, the he's still walking. He's over 10 percent walk rate. The bat's still only 242. So I, I think he's gonna be okay. He had a ball. In uh, in Fenway over the weekend, that would probably would have been a grand slam if it happened in May. He like actually kind of bat flipped it like it was gone and got caught at the wall in kind of the triangle in right center field. So one oh, of those like, and that's a tough spot. Too. Yeah, tough spot. Like you could tell he thought he got it and it was just but so he, you know suddenly a stat like so he definitely add another four RBIs on there. But he's been he's been rough. He's the only one I'm a little worried about because he's not hitting the ball hard. I looked I looked closer at, at Meadows and Tucker and they're both hitting the ball hard. My only thing with Meadows is the swing strike rate is. Last year was a concern, but like ah, maybe you know it was the COVID stuff and all that. He was a nine percent swing right string strike rate in twenty nineteen. He's back at twelve percent this year, so he's still swinging and missing a lot. But his bat up two twenty nine. He's hitting a lot of hitting the ball hard. He's hitting a lot of fly balls, like a fifty five percent fly ball rate, which was hit in twenty twenty. Also, um, his launch angle is twenty five degrees right now. Is sixteen point seven in twenty nineteen. So it's he's got some of that stuff from last year that's kind of leaking in a little bit. But I'm not worried yet. But I'm I'm kind of monitoring Meadows too. Yeah, and again, the ball is different this year. Yeah. So, yeah. By the way, I lied again. I lied again. Would you lie about that? On, only on one of my main event teams, duh. Uh, oh, but Mankata? Yeah. <laughs> there yeah, hasn't so there hasn't there hasn't been much to watch or pay attention to yet. So, um, Kyle Tucker, by the way, I'm not worried about it at all. Is Babbitt's 159? He's a 44 percent hard hit rate, 12 and a half barrel. It's going to come. He just hitting he's hitting too many fly balls. 52 percent is probably you know good for home runs. He has four of those, but bad for his batting average. But um, launch angle is a little bit high, but I think that's a that's a first three kind of thing. I think that Tucker is going to be fine. It's kind of like Joey Votto was, where he's hitting all these rockets, but right at people. The difference was Votto's like, I need to hit more fly balls, yeah. and he started to, and he's had three home runs in the last week. Tre- Trevor Story is very much the way too. Like, I, he has, I think, in nine balls that have gone over 385 feet, and he has no home runs so far. Like it's just 
He's had yeah. horrible, like a ton of hard hit balls, and it feels like he has no hits, but he's still hitting like 260 or whatever it is. But uh, I think uh, I think he's due for a really big week here. He's, he, he seems like he's squaring the ball up, just a lot of bad luck right now. Yeah, it's funny because when people were talking about the Rockies having a heavy early home schedule, it's like, no, that's not a good no, thing. No, if I had a Rocky, I want them to be on the road all of April and then just stack yeah. all those games in July and August when it's exactly. 98 exactly. degrees in Denver and rather than, what was it, 29 degrees the other day? I mean, that's insane. That's what it's going to be uh, on Tuesday, too, yeah. I think they say. Um, and they, obviously, there's a snow out on Friday. Good luck hitting 98 when it's 29 degrees outside. Yep. That's going to hurt your hands. But uh, last question I have for you. Are you in that Vlad Guerrero has fully, fully arrived and the, the launch angle and the home runs are there? Or are you still uh, – right, where are you with Vlad right now? Yeah, I wish I had him in more places. How yeah, about that? I'm, the, I'm the same way. I think that uh, it's uh, looks like a lot of the launch angle stuff. I mean, it's obviously a small sample, but it looks like he's lifting the ball a little more, but while still hitting the ball as hard. And it's uh, some of his home runs are majestic. He hits when he hits home runs; they are home runs. Second main event, I had a choice between Flaherty and Vlad. Uh, I, I, I wish I could redo that pick. Was Even Flaherty though, knowing pitcher? what happened to the starting pitchers, second pitcher or first pitcher, second pitcher. Okay. 3.6. Yeah. Uh, Glass now and Burns already gone at that point. Uh, I thought, well, okay, I'm taking value here, and I know pitchers are just going to go insane after that. And they did because they kept going insane the entire, you know, entire draft. And I would have had to chase there later on, but man, every time he gets up there, it's. Uh, I, I definitely feel a little FOMO going on there. Yeah, Flatty's last two starts have been really good. The first one was bad, but he's been seems like he's settling in his last couple. But uh, still not going to deep into games. He only threw five innings last start, but one run yeah. his last two starts is. Uh, I think it's coming along. I think that uh, there's, there's this FOMO with Vlad because he's fun and playing really well. But I think that uh, team build wise, maybe getting the ace there might have still made sense. Yeah, probably did. And I'm but I'm looking at what I did at the position. Alonzo hasn't done a ton yet, and. Yeah. Christian Walker, you know, didn't do much and then is hurt. Yeah. Yeah. If I had Vlad, I'd be like, oh, everything's fine. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, my 310 pick of glass now uh, so far is making me very pleased. Yeah. Is that the one that was doing very well in the overall or both doing well, very well? Uh, they're both doing all right. They're like, yeah. it's kind of both. And then like around 50-ish or so, something like that. Okay. I, okay. I admittedly don't look at standings a ton the first month of the season i know i mean i know where i am ballpark and i look on sundays what categories i need and stuff but i don't pay a lot of attention to exactly where i am but yeah i think they're right around 50 come on you're on live scoring 17 yeah, times a day exactly so. i'm definitely not a lot of people say that i'm lying about that i hate live scoring it just kind of stresses me out i have enough life i have enough stress in my life i don't need i don't need to add that to it i like see, I like following what my players are doing Oh, I do. I mean, I, I know that. I mean, I'm watching enough games and looking at boxers. I know when, when a team scores, I go and look at it. I just don't look at like what that home run did for me in the online in the overall standings. That's yeah, true. On April 17th. Not until September. Yeah. yeah, sure. If I'm if I'm fifth overall in September, I'm probably looking a lot more than I am in the first five months of the season, no doubt. Sure. So, cool. Well, thanks everyone for listening to the Roadwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We always uh, very much appreciate that. If you could please rate or rate or view the podcast, please do that. If you want to follow Jeff on Twitter, he's at Jeff underscore Erickson. I am at Scott Jensted. If you want to hit us up there about questions or stuff to talk about next week, uh, you certainly could do so. Other than that, hope everybody has a great uh, week four of the uh, fantasy baseball season. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to be back at you next Sunday night. So take care. Have a good one. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.